What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode of the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the four real high-level things you can be doing to more effectively asset manage your properties. So this is what I like to call the kind of the table stakes of asset management, really just uh, some of the things you just need to be doing at a real base level to, to make sure that your, your properties are being managed effectively and, and that they're performing at their highest level. So we're going to get into each of them here, but understand that there is much more you can do on top of this. This is meant to be kind of the quick initial guide to, to asset management. So the first one is real simple. Schedule a bi-weekly call with your property management company where you talk about what's happening at the property, any data points that you want to track, such as your vacancy, you know, your cost to turn units, uh, your delinquency, you know, things like that. And just in general, you know, have a conversation about how the property is performing. So, you know, for really large properties, you might actually want to have a weekly call. You know, if you have a duplex, you know, for or example, or, you know, a real small property that a property management company is managing, you probably don't need to be on the phone on a biweekly basis. And your property management company probably won't even do that. So I say biweekly being, you know, if you have a management company that's managing between, 20 units and 50 units to 70 units, you know, something in that range, you're probably going to be good at a biweekly level unless it's early in the process. Uh, you know, if you're buying a property and you're doing a value add and there's a lot of renovations, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. You're going to be testing the market on the leasing side. You might want to chat on a weekly basis for the first three, four, five months uh, that you own that property. And then as it becomes uh, more stabilized, you can move to kind of a biweekly call. But you need to have some kind of call on the books. And if your property management company isn't going to get on the phone with you on a biweekly basis and they're managing, you know, 30 units or something like that, that would be pretty concerning to me because I think that they should be generous enough with their time and understand that for you to effectively asset manage and manage them as a property manager, that they, you know, that they need to talk at some frequency that's similar to that. So that's kind of number one. And that's really the most basic level of asset management is just staying in touch with your property management company on a pretty systematized basis or pretty scheduled basis, I should say. Number two is posing as a tenant and calling on your vacancies. So when there's a vacant unit at your property, you know I think that you should get in the habit of going online and pretending to be a tenant every once in a while and just making sure that one, the service that the property management company is providing potential tenants is you know up to your standards. And, and I think everybody will probably have a different definition of that. You know, I think that if you're managing properties in, or if you're if you own a property and you're asset managing a property that's in a C minus class neighborhood in Memphis, Tennessee, you're probably going to have a different standard for how your property management company should operate versus if you have an A class asset you know, in a core city like Los Angeles or something like that. So that that's level of, of, I guess, attention or service is going to be different depending on your market and the class of property that you, you know, that you're managing here or that you own. However, you know, it's good to just make sure that, you know, the property management company is delivering on what you would expect if you were a tenant that was looking to rent that unit. So, you know, I would ask some questions about the unit. I would try and schedule, you know, a showing, I would uh, ask questions about, you know, maybe some out of the box questions such as, hey, you know, I got a large dog. I'd like to, you know, potentially I'm looking for an apartment where, where I can bring my dog or, 
you know, I know it's a one bedroom, but I have, there's, there's four of us that are going to be living there and you know, and kind of test the management company screening at that level. Um, and I would stop short of, you know, actually trying to, you know, submit an application, right? Because you don't want to spend too much time in that process. And you also don't want to take up too much of your property management company's time. But going through this exercise is, is oftentimes helpful. One, because you can see how your management company is working with tenants, but you can also evaluate visually how your listings look. So you can maybe spot clerical errors in the actual listing description on your property. You know, maybe the pictures aren't that great and you have, you know, some comments on that. And I'll use an example uh, of a property that I used to own. This is a couple of years ago, and this is before, you know, we, I started using our current management company, which I'm also a part of, um, you know, this is one of the markets that I'm talking about up in New Hampshire. And I just went to go, you know, look up the property or look up the, the vacancy on Zillow to check out the pictures, you know, Zillow being a major site that people use to find rentals. And I couldn't find the listing on there. And, you know, I mentioned it to my property management company and it turns out their software was actually not syndicating out to Zillow when they published their, their, uh, their vacancies or their listings, I should say. And obviously that's, you know, we're losing a lot of the market there. If that, if that, uh, if that vacancy doesn't hit Zillow. So basically helped them catch that and they, and they made a quick change there. But, you know, if I hadn't done that process, I probably would have lagged behind in the time that it took to fill up that unit. And I wouldn't have understood what was driving that. Right. And neither would my property management company. So that's a good, a good habit to get into every once in a while is actually going and looking at your listings. Uh, in, in a similar sense here, number three, uh, as it relates to leasing is continually uh, evaluating the market comps for your properties. So oftentimes if, you know, a, a lease comes due, your management company is going to suggest a renewal or some kind of renewal plus an incremental percentage increase on the rent, you know, if the tenant is looking to stay, but maybe the market has completely changed for that unit in the last 12 months. You know, maybe there's been some development uh, nearby that's kind of setting a new comp or there's uh, been a couple of companies that have moved in, you know, close by and there's actually more of a tenant base there. Um, or maybe there's some other reason, right? That maybe the market's just gone crazy, right? Like it has the last 12 months and your rent has increased 18% in your market year over year. And, you know, if your property management company is just suggesting kind of a more standard three, four, five percent increase on that lease, you, you want to know what's going on in the market to better, to better run that process. Right. And a big thing that happens or a big, a big challenge that a lot of operators have is as the market is increasing in average rental rates um, quickly, oftentimes legacy tenants fall behind the true market rents for properties. So even though somebody might, you know, be, be pretty tuned into what's going on in the market and what's going on in their properties, if their property management company is, you know, uh, renewing leases, at 3% increase over the previous lease amount. And they do that for a couple of years in a row. And, but the market's in, you know, growing at six, seven, eight percent for example, in terms of the average rents in that market, you might find yourself where you're 50, 60, $100 behind, depending on the leasing uh, price in that market, right? And you're leaving a lot of value on the table. And once you do that, it's hard to catch up to the market. So, you know, something that I like to do, honestly, every couple of months is go out there on Zillow and pretend, you know, Zillow being one, you know, hotpads, apartments.com, any of these sites, and pretend that I'm A, a tenant, and B, I'm an investor evaluating this market and start to gather intel about what's going on 
you know, in that market as it relates to the average rents. So, you know, your property management company is going to be also a help with this, but it's good to also do this research on your end, right? So that's number three. Number four, and I think this is one of the, you know, this is one of the most important things that you can do is build out a spreadsheet that is going to help track your actual numbers comparatively to your original pro forma. So something that I like to do when I buy a property is I save my original pro forma in a Google Drive folder that has all the other you know information and closing documents and everything else related to that deal. And I have a model that I've built in Excel that isn't, you know, it's not crazy, it's not rocket science, but basically it allows me to plug in my projections by year. And then I can go in every quarter and plug in my actuals or every month if I wanted to get that granular and compare my actual numbers to my pro forma numbers. And that's going to allow me to catch, you know, significant variances between my current numbers and my pro forma numbers. And, you know, what you can do at a, at a higher level is share this information with your management company so that everybody is held accountable and everybody's on the same page as it relates to that. So, you know, and, and, and that's actually something that's really easy to do is, is just taking your, you know, either the reports you get from your management company or reports you get from QuickBooks if you're doing accounting or you have somebody that's bookkeeping for you and just drop it into a spreadsheet, right? And all you have to do is throw your pro forma in once and you can just drop in your actuals and, and um, you know, it'll give you the variance from, from, you know, how you projected the property is performing versus how it actually is performing. So that's something that actually, you know, oftentimes takes a little bit, a little bit of effort to do, but a lot of people just kind of don't do that. You know, they kind of just try and do it from memory or they, they just do it by feel at that level, but it's good to get that data down and in front of your face so that you know what's going on. And, you know, kind of the bonus tip of doing that is if you have, you know, a sheet for every property or assuming you have multiple properties in the same market, right? If you have a sheet for a lot of your properties, you can go in at the end of the year and actually take all of the data that you've put down and roll it up into some kind of master spreadsheet or, or collect all of that data in a place and actually see what the actual numbers are performing across a certain market, right? And maybe you can ask your management company for a lot of this info as well, since they have access to all of this data, um, if they're managing a lot of properties in a given market, but that's going to help dial in your projections in the future. So try, don't just, you know, use the same projections over and over again on, on, on every property, um, take the data that you're seeing from actually operating these deals and use that to better refine your projections uh, in the future when you're looking at future deals. So pretty much everything I mentioned as well outside of doing a biweekly call with your management company can be done by an intern or a VA as well. So you know, develop some systems around these processes and, and bring somebody else in to do a lot of this stuff because it's probably going to be a dollar per hour task that's below how you should be spending your time. But I think, you know, just at a very base level, you got to be doing those four things if you want to asset management or asset manage your properties effectively, excuse me. So that's my, uh, that's my quick spiel on asset management for dummies. Um, hopefully those four tips are something that you can implement in your business. And if you have any other topics you want me to touch on here in these quick episodes, shoot me a DM at Multifamily Wealth on Instagram. And um, I love suggestions here. So shoot me some suggestions that you want me to talk about so that I can uh, better deliver the content that the people want here. So thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of the week. And I'll see you guys uh, next week when we get back with a quick solo episode.